right, welcome in another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, future NFL draft pick and hopefully Indianapolis Colt, former Minnesota Gopher, and your favorite Iowa State Cyclone. We have MJ Anderson on the pod today. MJ, appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate being here, man. Thank you. Absolutely. So I'm going to be very real here. You are our first defensive lineman that we've had on this podcast. Um, You know, luckily we're through a virtual screen right now. So you can't see that, you know, both Newt and I are under six foot, under 200 pounds. So we never really played the position. We don't really know much about it. So we're going to learn a little bit from you today. But I do just want to talk about how that position has kind of adapted and modernized throughout the years. I think back when I played football, you know, damn, this is crazy to say it's been like 10 years, but it was pretty much throw a big guy in there, have him clog up the lane and he's doing his job. Nowadays, you take these hyper athletic athletes who know how to run crazy quick and still big, strong men, and they're complete disruptors at the line of scrimmage. And I think exactly that's what you are. So just talk with me a little bit about, you know, just kind of being that disruptor at the line of scrimmage and really just about how your athleticism has really adapted to where this position is at today. Yeah, man, the game has evolved so tremendously. And seeing that with the, going through the draft process now, being with a lot of guys around the country, bro, like dudes are twitchy. I feel like that's one of my niches, but I feel like the separation nowadays, if there's guys like Jordan Davis running four, six, sevens at the at the combine, like you've seen dudes of 340 pounds moving. It's it's like unheard of nowadays. It's it's the it's the science in the game has evolved. Like I feel like a great example is just the 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 injuries and how things in the back in the day, those like torn ACLs were very like career ending injuries for a lot of people. And nowadays sports science, well, you can literally like show, you can show how a player can go from eight month surgery to literally back in the field in no time. And I feel like that's one of the things that like has shown that you can be uh, like myself. I feel like I'm 6'3", 265 and I like, I can move and I feel like that's one of the biggest things that set me to set me apart because not a lot of guys have that ability, but at the next level, everybody has that ability. I feel like. Yeah, I love that. And I think what is done to the game as well as make everyone else adapt, make everyone else get better. Um, I it's very uncommon to now see a pocket passer who is immobile. I mean, you had Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, these guys back in the day who were able to do, you know, anything with a football, but now the floor is Jared Goff. And that's not really a slight. I think he's honestly a pretty damn good quarterback. But if you're not Jared Goff level excellent, then you're going to have a really hard time, you know, playing quarterback in this league. Was there a specific QB that you've played that was just frustrating as hell to knock down or to sack? Um, whether it would, you know, whether it was your time with Iowa State or even Minnesota? Uh, honestly, uh, one of my old, teammates, Little League teammates, Isaiah Williams at, at uh, Illinois, he just ended up converting to receiver. Like, he was a quarterback his whole life, and one of those type of guys, dude, like, he literally is, like, a lights-out athletic dude. Like, he can cut on a dime in probably half a second and will make you look silly. And, uh, and I feel like coming over to the Big 12, 
and going with the high-paced offense that everybody has nowadays and everybody's athletic, like you said. I feel like every quarterback, Jalen Daniels, Dylan Gabriel, mm-hmm. the list goes on. Everybody, I feel like every week had a quarterback that could actually make step up and make plays with their feet. And you have to be aware of that, especially when you pass rushing. You can't just run past the quarterback nowadays because, like you said, the quarterbacks are athletic because the game has evolved tremendously. So so piggybacking off that, you, you kind of touched on a little bit of coming from the, the Big Ten to the Big 12. But was there any, like, you know, you mentioned that the game pace or the, the high pace or high powered offenses or like, is there any other noticeable differences you saw in like game script, kind of how, how games evolved or played out, um, making that leap from, from playing at Minnesota to, to Iowa State? Oh, yes. Um, I think it really took probably, I would say, yeah, Baylor. I would say my first, excuse my first Big Ten, Big 12 football game, man. Uh, I kid you not, like the first drive of the game, it was like 13, we're 13 plays in. It's less than probably three minutes. I kid you not. Like that was probably the fastest I've seen. And Baylor's one of the slower teams in the in the conference. And throughout the season, you've seen the faster teams like Texas Tech, who literally runs the most plays in college football each game. They I think we finished that game with 110 plays, man. Like that was that was that was that was crazy for me coming from uh, Minnesota, who we were average 45 plays, 50 at the most plays a game. And you think about that, that's literally probably less than a half or probably a little bit over half of a game, like half of a, of a football game. So it was like seeing that and having to get into shape, knowing coming over was my biggest thing. I had elbow surgery and knowing coming in was like, yeah, you got to be in better shape, dog. Like the tempo literally is like crazy. As soon as the ball is out, they already know the play. I don't even think they look to the sideline, be honest with you, most teams, they give like a little check down a list of the plays before this drive goes out. And they're not even looking to the sideline. And that was crazy to me. And I felt like you you got a reality check knowing like that's what a game is evolved to. It's a lot off of the line that are literally in amazing shape because in the Big Ten, they're not doing that. They're holding the ball to to literally probably the last four seconds of the uh, play clock. I love hearing that. I love hearing that there's a little bit of a hierarchy between, you know, the speed of play from the Big 12 to the Big 10, because I feel like um, it's just a naturally adopted notion that the Big 10 is just a higher caliber of play. And I've always felt you know, I'm not playing, so I don't know at the end of the day, but I've always just felt like, you know, the speed of play is faster in the Big 12. So thank you for, you know, convert confirming that for me. You know, I've, I've always felt that in. I guess it's just good to hear someone who's seen both ends of the spectrum there. Oh, yeah, bro, I got asthma, man. I felt it like first, first drive of the game. I literally <laughs> felt like I was dying. I was like, bro, this is crazy. And it's 90 degrees in Iowa. You know it's hot. It's not really no – there's no wind coming from anywhere too much. So it's just it's a standstill. But it was fun, man. What was it like playing in Jack Trice versus – I don't even know the stadium that Minnesota plays in. Is there an atmospheric difference that you can you can notice with it or – uh yeah definitely man like Minnesota the uh the bank was cool man I can I I was blessed for three years to be there but man the Jack the first time running out there man the smoke was so much you couldn't even see in front of you and just running out and seeing ninety thousand folks you just look up and like win lose or draw man I I ain't gonna lie to you man the Jack stays packed and and just seeing that was crazy for me and just every game. I'm a very like emotional player, very enthusiastic player, like, and the crowd gets me turned up. And I just see them 
every game they they're pouring they soul out, especially when we do the, the spirit walk coming coming off of the uh, highway, coming out of Gateway Hotel, and seeing seeing the fans on the bus. Man, I get my butterflies, dude. It, 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 the feeling doesn't change every game. Love it. Go for it, Newt. No, no, no. I was just that, that you go. See, I'm I'm getting better at this. Um, MJ, <laughs> apparently I always talk over Newt, which uh, actually it's not apparently. I know I do that. So I'm <laughs> trying to work on that. That's my New Year's resolution, I guess. Um, and this is one of those questions. If you can tell me to piss off, I'm going to ask it. So we talked about the Minnesota Gophers and Iowa State Cyclones. I'm always going to say that when you transfer to Iowa State, you're realizing that, oh, the grass is always going to be greener at Iowa State. So, again, a little bit of bias here. But I noticed that you stripped your entire Instagram profile of Minnesota Gophers. I'm passing the floor to you. What do you got to say about that, MJ? You want to just forget about Minnesota and just only be an Iowa State Cyclone? I'm cool with that. Oh, no, man. Honestly. I'm very grateful for my time at Minnesota, but uh, mentally, you know, man, it takes a toll on you when you're like, when you're not where you want to be, you know, uh, mentally and physically out there on the football field and you know your potential and what you can do to a team, man. And I love my brothers that I grew and the friends that I grew up in Minnesota. Like I can never forget those guys. I talked to them literally to this day. And it was just one of those things, man, when I got to Ames, Iowa, January 17th, and I literally seen nothing but corn. I got shit. Literally, I just sat there and cried in my car and was like, I can't go back. There's no, there's nothing I can go back to at this point. And I just had one of those things. You just gotta, you gotta let, you gotta let it go. Seriously, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's just literally Minnesota's two hours and ten minutes away from, from the Jack. And I just thought about all the times I could have came, went back, and just visited my friends there and everything. But it was just one of the things I had to move on with my life, and I felt like. You know, just needed a fresh start. And a lot of folks have been asking me about, like, which one do I like better? Like, what, you know, if somebody asks me what school did I go to, like, you know what I'm saying? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm a cyclone for life, bro. So, you know. Hell yeah. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> you know? Piggybacking off of that. So what exactly drew you to Iowa State? Like, what, what uh, was the, the biggest thing that you're like, I, I want to be a cyclone? Campbell. Yeah. That's my dog, man. Like through and through. Like he called me the first day I got in the portal. And like we already knew what it was. And like I've had a relationship with him. He him, it was at Iowa State, South Carolina, Tennessee. They literally offered me like the doll in the same two minutes. That was like my first dog. So I can't even say which one was my first, but I literally can never forget the conversations and the relationship that I built with Coach Campbell. But I felt like towards the end of my recruitment in high school, I had school, bigger schools that I felt like I wanted to go to that I was that was meant for me at the time. And situations transpired. I broke my leg and everything. And I ended up going to Minnesota. And three years go by, I'm still, you know, I'm saying that relationship never faded away with Coach Campbell. And as soon as I got there, he knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to do with my football career. And he trusted me and he allowed me to come in and just do what I do, do what I do best. And I come in, I work every day. And unfortunately, I had to have elbow surgery from this from a um, injury in Minnesota. And he helped me along the way. The staff up there, man, well, I'm forever grateful to those guys up in Iowa State, who who literally from eight eight months 
they I, they didn't know what I was going to be. I was in the I was in a training room. I never I didn't practice until two weeks until the end of fall camp. Literally, I only had two weeks of fall camp, and then the first game against SEMO. Um, so you know, I just appreciate Coach Campbell for trusting me and knowing my abilities and what I can do as a player. And you know, I think I think things worked out pretty well. I guess. Oh, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's, You're it's throwing shit, me man. off. It's throwing me off. Um, I actually was going to just kind of commend your play style. It was one of those things right away that um, we could see the impact you were making on the field. Um, again, this is, you know, dumb brain right here who doesn't know much about defensive line play. Would you say that you're an accurate tackler like I know how dumb that sounds but when I watched you play it just felt like your hand-eye coordination was just head and shoulders above many other you know defensive linemen I've seen like when you reach out to tackle someone sometimes you can get them to stumble and then lead to an assisted tackle for you it always felt like you got them on the ground on your own and you didn't really need much assistance man I played with a great group of dudes you know like number one defense in the big 12 where we finished five in the country we probably had two games. We probably were one back. You know, I definitely know the one at the end. I know my boys and me and Coach Hickok and the guys in that room want that one back. But, you know, things happen for a reason. But, man, I know for a fact I probably have seven tackles I probably won back that I didn't – I couldn't get. But, like you said, I do feel like I have a good eye. I, I, I do I do a pretty good job of a sweeping ankle. That's the sweep ankle drill that we worked. And, I, you know, I feel like it's just keying in on your man and really just being hungry, bro. Like, I, I, you know, sitting on the sideline for so long, like, you don't you don't want to do that. So when the when it's in front of you, you can't you got to take you got to take full advantage of it. And I feel like that was one of the biggest things. Like when you playing with a bunch of dudes around you, they're also hungry. You, when it's your chance to get, you know, get that tackle, you you probably won't get it again. It's probably another two quarters. So. You better take advantage of it where it's the, while it's there, or you probably won't get it again. So I feel like that was probably our mindset, everybody's mindset, really, especially playing with Orion Vance and the, the dudes up front, like Isaiah Lee and you know, Will. Like, man, it's hungry up there. You gotta, you gotta eat. Mm-hmm. You mentioned John Heacock a little bit. So during practices, was John just like always kind of doing a bunch of shit, and then like Tomming the offense just kind of dicking around, or, or what? <laughs> no, <Nah>, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But my real question is like, is John Heacock the man? Because like, he's the fucking man, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> great dude. question. He's uh the first like couple of weeks. He never really said anything to me. Like, I probably didn't talk to Coach Hickok until like early August, and he like just said Anderson, and I was like, <laughs> all right. So like, because at first I was a I was a two coming in, you know, coming in off of surgery and everything. And just learning, you know, paving my way, just earning my earning my piece into the into the to the eleven people on the field and everything. And I felt like he knew what I could do, and he pushed me every day. Like he never let up on me. Like every day, like even if I had one of the best games out, you know, every week he's on me. Like every day, like I wouldn't. He wouldn't. He he doesn't like the celebrations. You know, I I, I love. I love just, you know, I love the, the 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 crowd, man. The crowd gets me turned up. And when I tell you that man is he doesn't go for too much of nothing, you know. He 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 he's an uh, he's an OG, so you know he doesn't really go for too much of that. But I feel like 
man, Coach Hickok has uh, his defense and the way his, his his mindset and what he knows and the system and the defenses that he sets up for us, uh, going from a three down to a four down to a three four, stuff like that, six up, all types of stuff like that, and just knowing the scheme of what we need to do to, to win each week. You, that commends him and the guys in the room, the defensive staff room, that just shows the countless hours that we've put in and the, and the coaches put in and the, the staff that he has because it takes, it takes a village, really. But, man, he's a GOAT for real. We love Hecock. We're a big Hecock account. So, Big Hecock, guys. Love that. <laughs> um, I got a question for just kind of your guys' defensive line unit. I'm victim to this as well. I'm trying to get better about it, but I think, um, you know, the games are one of the trenches and everyone knows that, but it's rarely recognized, you know, that not too often our defensive linemen or offensive linemen scoring touchdowns. So just watching the game, it's easier to give a little bit more of the kudos to a quarterback, wide receiver, running back, whoever it may be. But I don't think that's really the case with Iowa state. I mean, I really noticed your play, on the first game. And I don't normally notice that. So, you know, you were one person that jumped out to me. Um, I wasn't too familiar with you going into the season from your, you know, transfer from Minnesota, but I became very quickly familiar with your style of play. Um, and you know, that's not just you like Tyler's and so many other, I think Orion Vance, when it comes to playing alongside just this complete juggernaut, like Will McDonald, is there a little bit of, of that shine that you kind of want to be taken more for yourself? Because I, I feel like every time I watched you play, even if you weren't the one making a tackle, you were disrupting it to go to another side of the field where Vance or McDonald was able to pull that play. But I think sometimes just knowing how great of a player Will McDonald is, we almost give you know so much of the praise to him. And I'm like, hey, there are other boys making this happen. I mean, just look at MJ Anderson work. Yeah, no, nah, man, I, I had a, a blast playing with those guys and working with, working with those guys from the first day I got there in January, man. We, uh, especially with the defense that we had and the group of guys we had, we set out every every Thursday and Saturday in the offseason. Uh, we had walkthroughs. We went to defense. So if you missed, if you MA'd or messed up in the game, like that, you know, that's a testament to you on what you, what are you doing on your off time? Because there's countless guys like myself and, Orion Vance, Anthony Johnson, TJ Tampa, Will McDonald. I said, like, these dudes you see, like, putting in tens of hours, bro, Fryler, like, he's a junkie. He's a film junkie. Like, guys that we see. Love Fryler. Oh, yeah, now nah, that he's dude showed us. Showed us, <laughs> man. And I tell you, like, we had guys that, you know, spent hours and hours in, in the in the film room, and it shows a testament to our team. But, man, we come to, like, you know, that praise stuff, man. At the end of the day, God knows what, you know, God knows what's best, man. And I feel like, like you said, you know what I'm saying? You've seen, you seen my work at the end of the day, and I've never once got on, on 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 the media when I had interviews and everything, asking for more attention because, you know, it goes to show, the film shows, and uh, I feel like that when, they, when the draft comes, everybody knows, like, we all fed off each other, and just you've seen the guys come together and, like, play complimentary defense, and that's really what it is, man, because, once you only have one dude, if you have one guy on the defense, it's a problem, you know, because mm. there's we played a lot of good football in the Big 12. There's a lot of good athletes in the Big 12 that makes really good plays, and we had a lot of dudes that are, you know, from our corners to our safeties. Like, there was no slouch in, in any position, I feel like, 
we have some of the best freshmen in the country that are coming up this year that stepped in in big roles this year for us to play that you probably didn't think were, we didn't probably think were ready but when it was time they stepped up because they were there during the time that we had uh we had uh we needed them the most so I, I always like to know you know athletes growing up one like kind of who's your sports idol growing up someone you tried to like emulate well it doesn't have to be football related either just like someone that you, you love to watch if if you did and then who do you like to watch film of nowadays slash try and take things from their game and incorporate it into into your your play style i got two of them ray lewis and kevin durant uh i, I for a lot of a lot of my football career i was a linebacker uh i uh, just switched to d-line after i broke my femur my junior year of high school i broke my femur and then i missed the whole season Took me about 18 months learning to walk, to put on some weight, and then I had to. I moved to D line, and I feel like that was the best thing for me because, like, I played stand up outside linebacker, but we played like a three stack three three, so we had like moved back and forth. And I felt like me being one step closer to the line of scrimmage, and I was always like a little bit stronger than all the linebackers and everything like that. So I feel like it was just, you know, it was meant for me. And my dad loves Ray Lewis, and like, who doesn't love Ray Lewis? He's just like. Mm-hmm phenomenal motivational speaker like my dad used to like play his his motivational speeches I was going like eight years old in the car driving to my little league games he used to like try to put my helmet on and just like get me jacked up before the game like don't be up you know you know how it is have you ever done uh, a a Ray Lewis celebration now that you say it I uh, feel like I've seen you do that before yeah I did it uh the Baylor game my first sack they got taken back my roommate Kobe Reader he freaking like planted a dude, took my first sack away and a jack away. And I was kind of upset about that. But uh, yeah, um, uh, Kevin Durant, bro. I used to love, I, I love basketball to this day, but obviously I didn't grow enough to, you know, play with Gabe and them on the basketball field, on the basketball court and everything. But, you know, I still support those guys. But Kevin Durant is a beast. Like he gets to like just shoot over guys and everybody loves LeBron James. Like he's dope. Don't get it twisted. But like, like I'm more of an like I do something very well and it's make plays and I feel like that's what Kevin Durant does. But right now, I will say, right now, who do I watch? A I think lot? it's got to be Jordan Poole, right? I mean, he's your profile a, picture. What's up with that? Nah, Jordan Poole's dope. Like he, like he gets, he's he's a bucket. I'm talking about football. Let me think. Let me All think. right. All right. Probably. The Bosa, the easy, the, it's easy, easily the two Bosa brothers or TJ Watt. Like, TJ Watt's my boy. T- I yeah, love TJ. Me and TJ Watt are like same body frame type of guys. Like he's about 6'5, 260 at the most. He's like 258, 6'4. He's like 6'4, 258. And like he gets out the dudes. Like a run pass. He's, he's, he's relentless. Not just like his motor. You can't really teach that in a lot of dudes, man. You get to the next level, and I really feel like you're in college, man. Like you can't teach a motor. Like a motor is something you gotta have because, like that, that keeps you going in the fourth quarter, especially when it gets tough. DJ, did you ever? Yeah, did you ever meet TJ? I didn't get to nah. meet him, but I used to, I used to work for the Steelers, so that's uh, oh, that's, that's why. Uh, yeah, so hey, I, hey, tell them boys. Hey. Great D line. You could be playing with TJ Highsmith, Cam Hayward. So that's a good crew right there. Um, Learn a lot from those guys, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I think Highsmith himself has just learned a ton being around those guys. Like he he kind of came into the league this year and, Mike and Tomlin, amazing coach. Mike Tomlin's my boy. Uh he uh 16 seasons, no no losing record. Yeah, he he he'd say hi to me. He he's one of the people I got to interact with and he's great. Um so yeah. What was the coolest thing he's ever said to you aside from hi? Like because I feel that like was that was honestly it. It was just hey. <laughs> it was always like well, I'd be I'd be walking to the cafeteria as he was walking to practice like the practice facility and he would like he'd always like acknowledge you and like like see what's like what's up but it was like uh don't actually talk to me because i'm going to you know like uh it's it's a passing to like be polite but it's like don't actually the other thing is like it's kind of weird because like we're co-workers you know it's like it's like any of the players i can't just be like Oh hey TJ Watt, can I get your autograph or what? You know, it's like, dude, I fucking work with you. You know, <laughs> like, like, it's like that, that's just what like about weird. that video of Tomlin going like, man, I'm working here. <laughs> yeah. That guy's like, hey, can I have an autograph? That was great. I wish he did yeah. that to you. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that was in some like pregame tunnel thing or something. But yeah, no, I, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get too much time with like a lot of players because they they separated out like the facilities for it is like. Like you can't have lunch before 11 because that the players eat from like 10, 15 to 11. And like, so like you can't be over there. There are just certain things that it's like the players and coaches obviously get priority on the facilities, stuff like that. Can't use the weight room at these times, whatever, things like that. So then it's like separating royalty being the Steelers players versus, you know, just the pigeons like you, the the scrubs. Yeah. The scrubs. There you go. No, no. (laughs) Digital media analyst, not social oh, media my coordinator. Bad. Yeah, have, my some, bad. have some respect. Man, I'm working here. <laughs> hey, MJ, is there any like team? Because obviously you're approaching the NFL combine. Is there any team in particular that you're like, damn, I would love to land in Pittsburgh or I would love to land in, I don't know, maybe Indianapolis. Like, is there a team? Yeah, maybe- you want to go to that dumpster fire in Indianapolis? <laughs> we could I'm use it. We could use a dog like you. Yeah. No, honestly, I don't have one, man. My goal, like, I've never had a team that's been like, you know, the St. Louis Rams are no longer a thing. Uh, but uh, honestly, right now, man, shoot, any team that has in those that has those three letters in the same in the same row, NFL, man, I'd be blessed to go to, man. I honestly could couldn't care less, man. Just living out my dream, bro. To be honest, which I have no team, but I just want to, you know, I've been in the cold for a while, so if I actually get to choose to not actually live in the cold i might play a couple of games hey that'd be suffice but i've been in the cold for a pretty long time i'm not gonna lie to you that's fair enough i mean minnesota to iowa state maybe it's a 10 degree difference but yeah you're you're still playing in snow every now and then um so like with this nfl combine situation here you know it's so cool just to talk with athletes that are going through it because I'm a combine nerd. I love watching the 40. I love watching all the workouts. Um, but I do think that sometimes it can miss a lot of intangibles with the athletes. Um, you know, what's your biggest intangible that, Hey, I'm going to put this on paper as far as my combine results, but here's one thing that you need to know about me as an NFL scout, um, for me to, you know, really make a good impression on you and your team. Uh, my fluidness with my feet and my hands and the way I just play the game of football. And I feel like you can watch that with, with the film. And that's one of the biggest things I've been having to take with going through the fort, the, through the, the draft process and the combine process and the, going through the pro day and stuff like that. 
and just stuff like, you know, a lot of the, the analysts and a lot of the scouts are looking for numbers, you know, because there's a lot of freaks out here, man, that are running some crazy times and everything that are helping themselves get their draft up because they might not have the film that matches, but if they have a film that matches with that, man, it's, man, it's a blessing. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like my biggest thing is just working to get, I guess, get the numbers that the analysts and scouts want so I can show them that the film matches what they want to see. And even if it doesn't, I feel like my, like you said, the question, I feel like my bend, the way I get after the quarterback and just my fullness of the game of football and how I can change direction and my twitchiness. I, I'm very explosive. I play a pretty good leverage, you know. Coach she does a we, we hit the sled probably three hours throughout the practice and we're under the shoot. So you probably you're gonna be under there a long time if you keep hitting that, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta play with your pad level and just stuff like that, man. I feel like after a while, once you continue to grow and and just build those calluses of the hours I've put into the film room and the, the time that I'm a film junkie and the field work that I do. You know, I'm, I leave the field 12 o'clock at night. Me and, you know, me and Campbell have seen each other walking out of there. And that's one of the biggest things that he's always commended me on. And that's why I always ship so well that he knows that he's going to, if he's going to push my name to the NFL guys and speak highly on me, that he knows that the work is always going to be put in, regardless if he sees it or not. Like, there's been times they have to tell me to leave the facility, man. You know, you know, it's just, it, 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 it gets to the point where, you know, if you don't want it, it's going to be like you said, it's your job at the next level. So I feel like that's probably what I want the scouts and the analysts to see, you know, going through the process is just, I am a complete football player on and off the field. And when you, when you turn the fan on, it gets ugly for folks like quick. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of led your decision to, to declare for the NFL draft earlier? Was it a pretty hard process, something that you'd been mulling over for a while or was it, had you kind of had a set like I'm gonna do this after the season as long as everything goes smoothly? Uh, a little bit of that and a little bit of me and Campbell and my family's talked since I told him my goal. I had it written down in my in my in my room the first day I got to school, and uh, I told him what I wanted to do, and he held me to that standard. And I feel like the biggest thing every day he would tell me is a performance plus training minus interference equals success. Whatever outcome you want, look like in life, man, you got to minus the, inter- the interferences and what's a greater place than Ames, Iowa. There's only two streets, you know. You got Lincoln Way and, and University that collide, and I feel like there's really not too much that you can really find yourself getting in trouble too, but you can find trouble anywhere, I feel like. Well, once you have your- Yep, well, Jeff. <laughs> find a little trouble on yeah. well, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Now Welch is, oh man, you know, it gets, you know, especially when, especially when I'm after, after a good cyclone win, man, you know, but I didn't really, I couldn't really experience that too much. You know, we got a, we got a strict, a strict football policy on the football team. We don't, you don't really too much see any football players during the season, but I feel like my biggest thing was like, having some goals that I set out for myself during the season or even before the season and just setting and, and sticking to them and being consistent with the work and the time I put in. And eventually at the end of the season, I asked Coach Campbell some really hard questions for myself and asked him what he thought and 
how what me and my family thought and what I was getting feedback from and everything. And he truly felt like I was ready to go. And I asked him, like, you know, you know, I I didn't even ask him from a coach's standpoint, like, if this was you, coach, what you thinking? He was like, man, hey, you, you there wasn't really too much you can prove to the guy to the world anymore than what you did this year. And I just felt like, man, I took a leap of faith. I talked to God about it, man. I felt you know, like literally as soon as I told him, man, I, it felt like the world was lifted off my shoulders and I feel like I made the right decision. And, you know, I feel like it's been the best ever since, but I feel like the biggest, the biggest, uh, the biggest, best decision I ever made was signing from an Iowa State career, I'm be honest with you. Yeah, we love that, man. And I think, um, I, I hope that this is getting better just around the entire country, but I think, you know, when you declare for the NFL draft, maybe eight years ago, there was a lot of resentment or bitterness from like the fan base. Hopefully you haven't experienced any of that from Cyclonation. Newt and I are on the page of, hey, we want guys to declare when they can declare. Um, part of that is injuries. Part of that is you want to take advantage of the stock that you have. Um, but honestly, the most recent part that I've grown love for is I get to see you guys play at the next level. Like, Charlie Kolar taught it or caught a, a pass this past week. And obviously Purdy's doing his thing. Chase Allen was, you know, elevated to the, you know, 53 man roster, of the bears like that's so fun for me. And me personally, I would say that's even more fun than, you know, having another year, just because I know at the end of the day, you know, that's the goal. And so if you can go and embrace that goal earlier than later, who am I to judge us? That's awesome. You know? Yeah, man, especially, coming from Iowa State and uh, even Minnesota, to be honest with you, you know, even talk about Minnesota, like the, we're not an Alabama, we, we aren't, we aren't in Alabama, we're on a Georgia, we aren't a school like that who produces a lot of guys, unfortunately to say, but we will though, with the consistency of the work of the guys that I know in the rooms and those rooms that, you know, everybody wants to get out and, and, and have a goal because man, to be honest with you, if you're playing college football, and you're doing these long hours, like you're literally doing an eight to five, eight to seven, eight to ten. For the guys who really want, you're doing an eight to ten dang near every day for for four years straight. And if you're saying you don't want to go to the NFL, you're crazy. You're a madman. And it, 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 it'll show. It'll show what you really want to do. And most of the people wither, they wither away and they end up transferring to three or four different schools or end up eventually medically retiring, even quitting, man. Like I'm telling you, like, the time and effort you put into the game, dog, is it's countless hours and it goes to show like who really wants it, who doesn't. And once you see the guys like Brees Hall, who's paid away, man, who should have really been a first rounder, should have been the first first rounder in Cyclone history, you know, that'd have been amazing, man. But like guys like that just coming in and showing dudes that it's possible, you know, it's possible to come out of, out of Iowa State and, and really make a way. Like Xavier Hutchinson is one of the baddest receivers I've ever seen play football. Mm. You know, like, like, like he, that's a true dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like coming out of Juco, literally, I didn't talk, me and him, we had a great relationship over my nine months uh, for me coming to Iowa State and just hearing his story and just the way he told me how he got there, man, it's crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and emailed the coach 20 times. He emailed our receiver coach 20 times, his, his, his practice room. And now he was a Belenikov finalist. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. you just see the you see the testament of people's work ethic and what they want to do to get to the next level. And if you want it, you want it. And just seeing that happen more and more coming out of Iowa State would be dope because 
that was one of my biggest things. I was concerned, like, man, like, they don't really produce. I like, man, if they record in the film, dog, you can go to the NFL anywhere, literally anywhere. I love that. It's it's what you guys work for. Um, I compared it once, and this is probably a bad comparison, but imagine you have an internship, right? Love the internship, but then you get this opportunity to promote yourself to maybe a full-time employee, whatever that looks like. And they say, no, I'd rather stay an intern for another year. Um, and it's like, no, at the end of the day, you're what you're working toward is that next step. So if you have the opportunity to take that next step, even if it's early, why not do it? So I, yeah, I love your decision. And I, th- I think it's just gonna be so fun to watch you in the NFL combine and, you know, one day, hopefully for the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm a fan of it. <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. This is a, uh, a true a dream come true. It just things that, man, it's getting to the point where you don't even, it doesn't honestly feel real, man. Every day I wake up and I just thank God for the position because a year ago, I was not thinking I was going to be here. Maybe if I, if I was going to be honest with you, man, I'd have been, you know, just hoping, just like praying that things were going to work out the way it's supposed to, man. But the first thing our kids like, man, I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Iowa State. She's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah. So, you know, we rocking, you know, Jack Tristan rocked with me, man. Cyclone Nation and rocked with me. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm riding with to the wheels fall off because the, 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 the short period of time that I was there, man, it felt like the, it, it went by so fast, but it was, I enjoyed every second of it. I got to toot our own horn on it, but I, I, I found that even, you know, players who, who come in and even transfer out, things like that, it's it's crazy that Cyclone Nation will still, they'll keep up with them, they'll, they'll see see how they're doing, wish them luck, all this kind of stuff, so it's 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 a nice thing to hear that that you know even you being here for a short time being here for one season and yet like you can still feel the love that kind of comes from the fans and like that that embrace is is awesome to hear just as like general fans too you know yeah when i uh after the tcu game i literally was getting questions before the even the season was over with on what i was going to do and uh you know i felt like People kind of knew, but at the same time, I, I honestly, like, I really didn't know at the same time on what I was for sure doing. But when I found out my, figured out my decision and I talked to my family and everything, I got so much love and support from Cyclone Nation. Literally, like, you know, Ames is so small. Like, you can't really go too far and people don't know who you are, man. The amount, the amount of love and support I got from my decision and the people that were rooting for me, man, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was greatly appreciated. And I, uh, I can't wait to come back to Ames very soon. We always got a tailgate for you. You just let us mm-hmm. know. <laughs> just let us know. Beer on us. Yeah. Oh, unless you're not wanting any beer, then that's that's a fair excuse. <laughs> yeah, about the time I come back, man, I'm going to be in season, man. I can be doing that. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> if anything changes, let us know. But I, I, I really just appreciate your outlook and your appreciation for just the sport of football, but also life. Um, you know, I, I think when you transferred from Minnesota to Iowa State, you said you kind of felt like a caged animal and you're finally able to be let loose and clearly it showed on the football field. And there's no question from that. I just thought that was a, a, a dope, you know, quote. I'm like, all right, that's pretty sick. This guy's going to be awesome. Um, but this is a dumb question. It probably is. Is there like a PR department at Iowa State 
or anyone, anything that like teaches you guys how to embrace the media, because every single athlete we talk to is always hyper mature. They never say the wrong thing and they're always really good on the mic. And so part of me is I'm like, okay, either coach Campbell and coach Oz just has these guys completely buttoned up. Or honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there is like a PR department that like teaches you guys how to address the media. Um, be honest with you, uh, it was, uh, I would say for me, it was Coach Flick in Minnesota. Freshmen couldn't talk to the media, and uh, he took his class. Like, we did a little couple of weeks of class of just talking to to talking to him, to him and to other coaches and just learning how to talk to the media because there's a lot of people that have really spent some words on you, man. I had some guys do, do my homies dirty, man, make them seem worse, like seem like bad guys, man, you know. You know That's what we intend on doing during this interview, just so you know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's their job, man, get clicks and everything. But, you know, I feel like, nah, man, since I was there, Coach uh, Coach Campbell and got, and and and, uh, and the in the, the, the PR department, I feel like personally there wasn't really a PR department. We just had a good group of wholesome young men and, and good people on our staff that, you know, you the people that's in that building, the only people that's in that building are good people. I truly believe that and uh, are raised by good people and are being taught and coached by good people. Good, some good guys. So once you get on the mic, man, it is, it's literally nothing. It's literally just showing you who you really are and showing who the guys are in the room. You know, and I feel like, you know, that's a testament to the people that Coach Fleck, Coach Campbell recruits, and the guys that are in our in our facility. I'm gonna be a media person here and try and get get one of those things. Um, <laughs> was roll the boat kind of corny? No, honestly, it was it, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a funny little catchphrase, man. But I'm gonna be real with you, man. It's something that I needed. As much as I would say, uh, there was things that I didn't like about being at Minnesota and the unfortunate of my plan situation, my plan time, and everything there. Man, coming in as a 18 year old kid who was highly recruited, had a lot of schools and everything, and had an unfortunate knee injury. You know that. Coach Fleck blessed me with the opportunity to go and go get education and play power five football in the Big Ten. Still, it wasn't like I went to a slouch school or anything. But mm-hmm. the the amount of freedom and privilege kids get leaving their parents' house and going to college and being Division one power five athletes, you, like you're almost getting fifteen to two thousand dollars a month. You have an apartment to yourself, own room. You literally have all this free time in your life, man. And it goes to show like how well you were raised and what type of morals and, and stuff that you were you, you you came up on. Because man, a lot of the people you've been in college, you see how kids and these kids get when you get all this freedom by yourself, man. I really felt like I needed that structure because man, college got wild, I feel like. And there was times that I needed that like grow the boys and just a little who saying honestly believe like that I actually needed that like even Campbell like Campbell's his his culture at, at, at Iowa State is very similar we might not have a RTB road a boat but the same it's the same structure man structure if you don't have any structure in football and college football you're not gonna win any games like that's truly like that's literally everywhere and I've been telling a lot of my friends that who play and are like in the transfer portal and are leaving schools because this situation with this coach and how they don't like things. Man, if you don't think there's culture and structure at every school, man, you're crazy. I'm going to add on to that quick. 
how do you then think you're going to find structure in the NFL when it's even more freedom and you're treated as an adult and less like a kid in, in that essence a bit? Uh, this year, man, Sean, I truly, if you ask Coach Campbell, man, just the growth that I have made and the strides that I've made as a, as a man and growing up and literally just preparing myself to be a pro athlete, like the way I go about the day every day and just – I don't take the days for granted. Like I'm there at 7.30, I probably leave about 8.45 every day. I didn't got enough film in, I didn't got my recovery in, I didn't did my work, I didn't put the time in and I go home. Like I didn't, I've, I've, I've made my, my mistakes, you know, in college, I'd have made my mistakes as a, as a kid, as a man. And you know, the, the right, you know right and wrong. And it gets to a point where a lot of those right and wrongs are gonna either take you the right way or the wrong way. And you're gonna, some of those mistakes you can't really, you can't really fix. I mean, you can, you can live with them, but a lot of them are life or death at some point. And at this point you can either, with Coach Campbell, he really, he'll say this for me, man, like you're so close that you can really make like fuck it all up. Like, excuse my language. Like you can really- like, No, say whatever up. you want. Yeah. Say bitch shit, whatever you want. It's a- <laughs> man, I, I, really, I knew you were gonna say that, Mason. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's that it's the honest truth. Like, man, you can really it can really go really left or right at this point, and it's up to you, man. And like, I've been blessed to have great parents and great family, man. You know, folks that have poured so much time and, and effort into me, man. I'd be literally doing my people a disservice to 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 just you know throw it all away, just out here just being wild and rambunctious and not thinking. And before I actually do or say anything out here, man, because. People are waiting on you to mess up, man, unfortunately. And I can't give them that, that opportunity. And I got too much on the line. That was, a, that was a great, great PR media answer there. I, I went from talking about rowing the boat to being corny to, to some serious, some serious how you're, why you're going to succeed. So I think you're right. Oh, man, because as much as people He's ask ready. me, like, I've gotten that so much about, 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 about Fleck, man. And, you know, people want me, you know, you know, just like you said, people ask me about the, my transition from there, like how much I like it better. Like everybody in the building, they mess with me. They give me crap about it and everything. Like, did you? They're like going like this, like moving some yeah. horrors oh, and yeah. shit to get all by. Day, all day. Excuse all me. Day. Excuse me, MJ. Literally all day. <laughs> and it's literally like, and the crazy thing is like, I'm like, bro, y'all think it's so much different, bro. It's literally the same. Like the just same. The the same. <laughs> yeah. Literally, we have the same, almost the same shirts, bro. And I literally thought it was like, if I was literally living in a freaking trans, I walked in and just looked around. I was like, bro, these have the same little sayings, like, you know, culture beats scheme. Like, you know how many times Flick has said that, man? You know, we played Ohio State, the Michigan's, the guys with five stars, just like Oklahoma, the Texas is, you know, same thing, man. Literally, you just, you know what I'm saying? You got to go in and you got to outwork the folks because, like I said before, we're not we're not a Georgia, Alabama. We're getting a bunch of these five star dudes, so you gotta have some culture and scheme, and you know, because you can't out scheme dudes when you have, you know, they have studs. You know, they're paying. You know, unfortunately, some dudes is paying players half a million dollars to go to these schools. You know, mm, we don't know anything what that looks like, huh? <laughs> um, I, I like how you just kind of talked about. You know, everyone's watching you to make a mistake. And one of like a bigger life lessons I learned from my late grandpa is sometimes you have to make a mistake to know it's a mistake. Um, obviously, you don't want to try to. But with that being said, I'm probably going to make a mistake in asking this question, but I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I have to. OK, 
So it, it wasn't any secret that, you know, the defense was like a 10 out of 10 in offense, not always, but for a not lot of always. the second half, uh, I would say during SEMO in Ohio, we were looking Bro, pretty good. <laughs> anyone can be an offense against them. But what I'm saying is there, there wasn't any secret though. There was this crazy discrepancy between the offense and the defense. What was like the conversation like in the locker room? I mean, obviously us fans had our own things to say about uh, Tom Manning, never me, but always Newt. And um, I mean, just <laughs> hearing all of this from the fans, seeing me be all negative on Instagram, like how did that rub off on like the locker room? Was the conversation similar or was it always just, we got to keep the positive vibes? Uh, you know, we got guys like Orion Vance, Anthony Johnson. Like we literally had a great group of seniors that literally kept our room and our and our team together. And when times were tough, I, I you know, you know, there's always going to be, you know, confusion and, and, and frustration. But when you when you shed tears and blood with the big dudes for for literally years and and and, and full and straight nine months of straight grinding, you know, you're a family, bro. And everything looks like when a family, you got to get through things together, man. And there was times the defense, you know. First play a game against Kansas State, we gave up a touchdown, you know, you know, and uh, they don't, you know, one of the biggest things Coach Hickok says is, man, if they don't score, we don't lose, man. And that's one of the biggest thing we, as much as we probably can command ourselves and pat ourselves on the back for lowest yards in every game, this, that, and the third, these, these nice high praise stats, man, if they don't score points, bro, they don't win the game. And as much as like offense, they say blame the offense, bro. There, there are times I know for myself, there's times where I know on our defense that we gave up points that, you know, we might have been at the wrong time. We did not break, but we just been at the wrong time and they scored and it cost us games. And, you know, that's just, you know, that's just life. And you can't really point fingers because at every time there's a time that you can, somebody can point a finger back at you, especially you can't win. And, and when I tell you, man, I feel like personally, and you look back on the season, there's always going to be a point and there's a shift that we had to make. And I felt like that we probably did or didn't make. And you got to live with those mistakes. But at the same time, you got to, you got to know that going into the off season that you got to, you got to make some adjustments. And I feel like we're going to make those adjustments this year. So. How, how hard is it as a player when you guys start off three and oh, to then end, you know, for for an eight like you know that's gotta be rough because like you guys go through non-conference undefeated beat iowa for the first time in campbell's tenure there's kind of this high this like whatever with it and then even i think the the hardest part and everything that the fans even like we we watch too is it's about every game was close you know every game was competitive every game besides like you know tcu was one where (laughs) I mean, let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're killing them right now, dude. <laughs> but like, I mean, like, you know, like that's like how how do you guys as you know you say your team, your family, all this kind of stuff. How how do how do you guys stay together as a locker room? How how do you guys as individuals, as units, as offense, defense, special teams, things like that? I, I think it's a, a very interesting dynamic because you know. You, if you want to change even just one score games in this this 
season you say hey we win the games that are all one score they, the outcomes are different this is like a nine and three team or something you know every yeah, game was right a big there. championship yeah. yeah you know so like how you know like how challenging is that as an athlete to be like basically right there but then every, like it's just kind of yeah not nah, man it, not finish it out. hurts really bad man I, I can vividly remember every game and vividly remember just the frustration but like like I said, bro, they're like if there's at some point, like you can point a finger at the offense and say this and they say that, then you can also show there's times against Oklahoma State we give up a bomb and it's going into the second half. Like we're MJ, giving up. you went off against Oklahoma State. Uh, that, you went off against them. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I had a good pretty good game, man. I'm not gonna lie, but at the same time. <laughs> I, I had plays that I felt like I could have got back and plays that I could have helped my team that could have got us off the field. But I feel like, if, like, like you said, like, how do you feel about that, man? It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to say the least. And you can't, you can't sit here and say, man, everything was peaches and rainbows and everything. But it, at the end of the day, man, on Sunday morning, man, we come in and watch the film. Everybody knows we got to get back to work and practice never got easier. There was never a day practice got easier. It actually got a lot harder going towards the season where your body's banged up and nobody ever like complained, bro. Like, and the ones that ever did complain, they were already dead weight. You couldn't even, they weren't even, their voice didn't even matter to the point that you couldn't even hear them because everybody was on a mission to, to still fight because we had, especially the defense, we had a lot like, because I can't really speak too much on the offense because you're not really, I'm not really like in the offensive room. But I know from the defensive point, from the defensive perspective, we had a mission to get to. And we knew that there was a point that we had to get to as a defense, even if even if we weren't, say, finishing games, you know, the scores weren't what we wanted to look like. Like Coach Hickok said, if they don't score, they, you know what I'm saying, we don't lose the game. And at the end of the day, we still didn't finish to get, get out. We didn't reach our goal. So, you know. You got to live with those results. So I, I have like one slash two more questions and I promise we'll let you go. Thank you, by the way, for all the time you've been giving us, man. I, yeah, I don't know. Man. You're an easy guy to talk to. Sometimes we yeah, go no, a little off chill, the rails. <laughs> yeah, um, so before we hit record, uh, you mentioned, man, you guys can be ruthless on us when we lose. And that is true. I, I mean, we've been doing this for a while and we definitely can be a little ruthless, especially just coming from a social media account. You know, how, how can we be better as fans to be fair to the athletes playing? Cause we love the athletes like that, that you guys are the reason why we tune in every single week. How can we do our due diligence while, um, you know, still being the fanatics, you know, like we're called fanatics for a reason. We're crazy. We're idiots, you know? So how can yeah. we keep that fanaticism? while being a little bit more fair to the people we love who are the reason nah, why we bro, do it hey, bro, don't change at all, bro. As much as people might, right, you might noted. say. Don't change. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, as much as you, we, we say, uh, we say that, uh, that y'all uh, give us shit and shit, but, you know, it's fun, bro. As much as, <laughs> the jokes are hilarious, bro. Like, you literally, like, the memes literally, like, keep us, like, you know, keep us ground as much as, as much as it's, you know, as much as it hurts to, to lose to Texas Tech at home and, 
you know, one in five in the weird zone, you know, stuff like that is just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to listen to, but when it's a joke, you kind of, you know, it softens the blow a little bit more, man. So now we appreciate y'all page, man. It brings us a lot of light, man. So now I wouldn't say change nothing, bro, because it's a lot of dudes out here that are a lot more ruthless. They get paid hundreds of thousands more dollars than you guys, man. Hey, that's what you think. I mean, we're making a million dollars off this podcast right now. So, <laughs> bro, hey, cut me a check. Nope, nope. You already agreed to it. <laughs> that actually, hey, that means a lot. Thank you because we never want anything that we do because we we do post negative things, but we always want it to be with like a lighthearted, joking manner. Like we never mean anything to be malicious. Um, and also to be fair, I give new shit all the time. I give my own self shit. So like, I don't know if you're giving everyone shit, I feel like people understand your vibe. I don't know. Yeah, nah, bro. I literally like, bro, trust me. You give us a lot of laughs, man. We, we, we tear up looking at you guys' fan page and you you guys aren't worse than the people on Twitter. Like Twitter is ruthless. Oh yeah. Twitter is pretty bad. Twitter is like those are the guys. Now those are the folks that need to like they need to chill out a little bit. They need touch grass. Yeah. Reddit. I mean, I don't really go on Reddit often, but I can only imagine that's probably the only worse medium than Twitter. But um, hey, I got one more question. Newt, do you have any more questions? I have one more question too. Do you All want right. me to go first? I'll go first and I'll let you finish it off. So actually, MJ, this isn't my question. So Liam, he's our producer who, sh- who shows up maybe once in every 30 episodes. And, um, and this is his question. So just keep this in mind. This is his yeah. question, not mine. Okay. All right. Just so we're all on the same page here. So against Ohio, you had an awesome fumble recovery. It was fantastic. Yeah, we were all energized. How come your bitch ass didn't run for a touchdown after that scooping score or after that scoop? Man, as soon as I got the ball, man, the, the dude, like, I, you know, there was two blockers already there, bro. By the time I got the ball, he already grabbed me by my ankles, man. I was, I, I seen, I seen daylight, man. I was so, I was so pumped. <laughs> you taste it. I was, I was so pumped, man. I was mad, bro. I was so high. I was gonna throw the ball into the into the to the to the crowd and everything, man. It was gonna be one of those days, but yeah, nah, I was I was pretty sick about that. Would you have done a gritty? What would be your TD celebration? So you, you toss it in the stands, then what happens? I don't know. It's bad radio, but I, I just want to know. Explain yeah, no. it. Dunk it through the goalpost. That's I think like that's the coolest fucking one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, honestly don't know. But by the time I would have thrown it in going into the stands coach kickoff would have probably chased me out of the jacket <laughs> i don't know what i would have did so man all right my, my, my last question here is just based on practice being around the guys who who are who's a person for us to watch on offense and defense next year that might be flying under the radar that's going to get the mj anderson breakout um like, I got I got four on I got I got four on offense, four on defense. Oh yeah. Jalen Knowles, Cartavius Norton. Four, four was my fourth one on offense. My fourth one on offense. What was the first name? I'm, I'm I was talking over you. I'm uh, sorry. Greg Gaines. Greg Gaines. The Gaines. Uh, Jalen Knowles, senior. He's coming. He's coming into his 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 big junior year. He's he's having. He's gonna have a year. He's gonna have a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cartavius Norton. And who's number four? Who's number four on offense? Number four on a was is he number four? Nah. Uh, let oh, me oh just no. <laughs> my, my boy, my boy, twenty one Savage. He coming back. He's gonna have to coming off a, a 
Jirel. Yeah, he's coming off a pretty uh, pretty rough injury. He had a pretty rough year last year, just banged up, man. He's coming in, leading the charge with those boys, man. That They're going to have a pretty good one-two punch with him and Cartavius next year, man. That's going to be a nice duo. And then defense. Uh, I love those answers, by the way. Those are, those are um, accurate. Good answers. Defense, man. We got some dogs, man. But defense, we hungry. Uh, I got a group. Uh, so I'm going to say corners. You already know TJ oh, yeah. and MP. Those, those guys, is, they coming back. Uh, I'll say Jontez Williams, uh, Terrell Crosby. Terrell Crosby's a ball hawk. That kid can play every position on the football field. I'm talking about even on offense. Uh, I say uh, Trayvon Howard coming in at safety. Mm. Uh, Jay Coop, he, you seen him play this year. He ended up, he didn't finish the season with hamstring issues. But uh, on defense, on the D line, I got a uh, T.O. and uh, Big Dom in the middle, and then I got a uh, Will McLaughlin as Sam linebacker. They're gonna have some big years for us next year. Yeah, love all of that. Love it. Yeah. Did you um? This was so my. I don't know. I don't know how my dad gets in on these conversations, but he was in like a zoom meeting with Jamie Pollard and he brought up TJ Tampa, who I think TJ might be one of the most underappreciated cyclones we've ever had. I think he's a hell of a draft prospect um, probably next year. And I just think he's outstanding. Um, but I, I think there were some sec school sec schools trying to poach him to come wherever. I don't know which sec schools there were. Geez, I can't talk. But he just said, like, hey, man, you know, with, with NIL, I, I want to be a cyclone. I don't really want to go, but I, I, I do have to, you know, kind of take care of my loved ones. Um, and they're like, all right. So they worked out a very, you know, kind of minor NIL deal with him to keep him there. And he's like, that's all I need. So it was far less money than what he was being offered by SEC schools. But he's like, I just want to be a cyclone. And I think that's just such a draw to Cyclone Nation. You know, we have Campbell. I believe we have a good fan base. But at the end of the day, they're just – I feel like we really attract people that are are loyal, forever true. So corny I just said that. But, you know, those are the people that we love. Like, that's the reason we love you guys because we can truly see that you guys enjoy being Cyclones and we, we're just big fans of you. So, good answers. I like all of them. I'm excited to see Will McLaughlin too because I've – Heard a lot of great things. I think he got in a, a few games, but um, I feel like his time's coming for sure. Oh, yeah, no, nah, he played at uh, – my roommate was Kobe Reader, number four. He uh, mm, Reader's he stepped good. up He stepped up for Reader, man. When Reader went down a couple of times throughout the season, man, Will came in and stepped up. He's going to have a big year. You know, a big year. You know, a big I'm year. looking forward to that one. Love but it. TJ Temple, he's going to lead the charge for the whole team, man. So watch he's out for that. He's two. a dog. He is insanely good. All right. Any last minute questions, Newt? No, that's it. We'll get him out of here. Get that we have day. kept you for too long. So again, we appreciate you coming on, man. Um, one thing we do before we let you go is we just give our listeners a quick little roll clone. So MJ, appreciate you so much. We're going to be watching you during the NFL combine and cheering you on as a Indianapolis Colt next year. But um, to, before we sign off, man, roll clones. It's a roll clones, man. Appreciate y'all. Roll clones, baby.